Hey everybody, this is Pastor James. Welcome back to the Midweek Bible Study. We are finishing up chapter 25 today, and because we did pretty much two-thirds of the chapter last week, um, last week was a little longer than usual, we will do one-third of the remaining chapter, and uh, it should not take nearly as much time. So today is going to be relatively short. Now remember that both parables last week talked about the need to be ready and to be prepared for the second coming of Christ. And it also emphasized in both parables that the bridegroom or the master, according to which one you were you were reading, uh, both whom represent Christ, would be delayed. And that even when they are delayed and do not arrive when they were expected to, that it's no excuse for us not to be ready for their return, that we are called, we have an obligation, we have a duty to be ready for the return of Christ. So, after these parables in chapter 25 of emphasizing that we should always be ready for the second return of Jesus, Jesus goes on to talk about the final judgment of what's going to happen if people are not ready. So let's read this together. Matthew chapter 25 Verses 31 through 46, Jesus talks about the final judgment. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with them, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry, or feed you, or thirsty, and give you something to drink, or a stranger, and show you hospitality? or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refused to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Okay. So here we have the description of what the judgment is going to be like upon the second coming of Christ. And now you must take note that once again, Jesus is describing this as sudden. It's going to be powerful. Everyone is going to witness it. And all of the angels will come with him upon his return. And so this second return of Jesus Christ is going to be very different from the first return. You know, when Jesus came the first time, it was very humble. Not very many people knew what was going on. It was only the people who were looking for the coming of the Messiah, who were ready and prepared to receive him, that knew that he had came. And in the same way that he came before, it's going to be sudden. It's going to happen. But this time, 
all of creation will know. So all the people on earth will know that Jesus has come and all the angels will be with him upon his return. It's going to be something that every living spiritual being and all people are spiritual, whether they know it or not, they are, we are spiritual beings. All living spiritual beings will be present and, and know that Jesus has returned for this time. And so you have to realize also at this point that Jesus has been avoiding power uh, from the very beginning. I mean, when you look at Jesus returning as the Messiah, he was born in a manger. I mean, he was humble. He was a king. And, and while he should have been honored as a king, he was very much experienced the life of a lowly, just normal, everyday, uh, possibly on the, on the lower end of society as a person. And so even in his ministry, people have been wanting to crown him as king and elevate him to, to the leader of Israel, but he constantly runs away from this. And this is really one of the first times that Jesus speaks of his power and his glory upon his second return. And everyone expected the Messiah to come this way the first time, but Jesus is communicating and saying, listen, you know, I, I've come in a humble way, and I've been humble, and I've lived among you as a humble human being. But when I return, after I suffer and after I die, after I am the humble sacrifice that I've been called to be, when I return, all the power and all the glory and all the majesty that you can possibly imagine is going to come with me. And so he may not have had it in physical life, but upon his second return in his eternal existence as the Messiah, he is going to have everything that he is due. All the honor, all the power, all the glory, and everyone will know in one instance who he is. Now, many scholars talk about how this judgment is different from what is called the great white throne judgment mentioned in Revelation chapter 20 verses 11 through 15. And how you interpret these things greatly depends on how you interpret the book of Revelation um, as you differentiate between this passage and the book of Revelation. Now, I'm not going to get into all that stuff and how, like, we, you know, how you uh, interpret Revelations and the stance in which you take because it's very complicated. It's very in-depth. We could study the book of Revelation for years and talk about it and still probably be more confused than what we, we really know that we're talking about. And at the same time, uh, you know, just really coming away with a lot more questions than we have answers. But in this account of judgment that we have given by Christ, um, he speaks and he talks about the people being sheep and goats and how they will be separated. And this would have been a really easy analogy to understand for the people listening to Jesus in this moment because many of them, if they were not shepherds, uh, had at least some experience with sheep and goats. And um, they, they understood what was going on. And during the day, uh, sheep and goats were allowed to graze and mix with one another. But at nighttime, they were separated. And there were a couple of reasons why. But uh, one of the main reasons is because at nighttime, when it gets cool, um, sheep do a lot better because they're covered with wool. But the goats kind of need to gather together for, for heat and to support one another and maintaining body temperature as they're laying down and resting. 
And so that was kind of one of the main reasons, but there's a few other reasons. So so they were always separated at the end of the day. So they were allowed to be mixed and, and kind of mingle with one another. But at the end of the day, they were always separated out to go to their appointed places. And that's the way that it's going to be when Jesus returns. Um, when he returns, the world is going to change drastically it's 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 basically like the end of of the day and and people are going to be separated out and go to their appointed places so the sheep on the right hand will be allowed to enter into the father's kingdom that has been prepared for them from the foundations of the world so from the very beginning of creation the Father's kingdom has been prepared for people who are going to put their trust and faith in Jesus Christ. It's always been there. It's always been a part of God's plan to redeem, to redeem people back to fellowship with himself. Now, it is worth noting that they were found worthy because of what they did. And now, you, you have to be really careful when you read this passage and understand that this was that what they did was not the true reason that they were allowed to enter because these people like the the root of this the cause of what they did is because they did put their faith in Jesus Christ they repented of their sins they put their faith in Jesus Christ and because they believed in Jesus Christ they were willing to feed and give drink and to take care of, and to doctor, and to heal, and welcome people in, and visit people in prison who were followers of Jesus Christ. They were doing this to fellow believers because they had Jesus in their heart. And if you have Jesus in your heart, it gives you the desire to not only take care of fellow Christians, but to take care of anyone in need. Like that love for your neighbor... All right, Jesus said the greatest command is love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And equally important is to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, Jesus being present in your life gives you the desire to show that love. And so when Jesus says, because when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink, blah, blah, blah. What they were doing proved that they belonged to Jesus Christ and that they truly believed and had faith in him because they were living out what Jesus had taught them. Their deeds, now now understand this, this is really important, their deeds did not make them worthy to enter the kingdom, rather their deeds were evidence of their faith that made them worthy to enter the kingdom. Their faith was in Jesus Christ and Jesus makes them worthy because Jesus is present in their lives. It makes them worthy because Jesus is present in their lives. It makes them want to show love to other peoples. They go hand in hand. This is why scripture talks about faith without works is dead because if you have faith in Christ, you're going to do good things. You don't go to heaven because you do good things. But you go to heaven because you have faith in Jesus Christ and you do good works because you have faith in Jesus Christ. They go very much together. Although it is possible to do good things without having faith in Jesus Christ, which is the reason why you can't just base your eternal security on your good works. It is all based on your faith in Christ. And if you have faith in Christ, you're going to do good works. You have faith in Christ, you go to heaven for eternity. All right? So you also need to take a step back from this passage to contemplate 
that this could also very well include offering love and kindness to strangers. Now, I said that a second ago, but I just want to reiterate this, that it's not just about caring for your brothers and sisters in Christ. This is also loving and caring for our neighbors as ourselves. And so it doesn't necessarily mean that someone has to be a believer in God for us to show them the love of Jesus Christ by caring for their needs. And that's very important. Our faith in Jesus should give us the desire to love and provide for anyone is need, anyone that is in need as we are blessed and able to assist them in that and show them that love. All right? So uh, let's move on. Let's talk about the goats. And on the left, you have these old goats. And it's really funny because goats are amazing creatures, but no one ever takes being called a goat a compliment. Um, but these goats are going to be turned away and cast into everlasting fire um, prepared for the devil and his angels. And this is another confirmation that there is one of two places for us to go. We need to realize that hell is real and it has been prepared for all who follow Satan. And just because you don't claim to be a Satanist or just because you don't purposefully model yourself after Satan does not mean that you don't belong to him and belong with him. And the indication in this is that because you did not give food or drink or clothing or shelter or care or visit people in prison, and they say, well, when did we fail to do this, Lord? And you know, it's like you failed because you did not do it for believers in Christ. You failed because you did not do it for anyone who was in need. You did not show the love of Christ. It was not The love of Christ was not evident or present in your life. And it wasn't because of what you didn't do. It was because of the faith and the trust that you lacked in Jesus. And it's not about um, what you didn't do. It's simply because you did not belong to Jesus Christ. What they didn't do simply pointed to that lack of faith. And, and if we believe in Jesus, we're going to obey his teachings. It's, it's just going to happen. If you love Jesus Christ... It may not sound, uh, you know, appetizing to do this. You know, a lot of times doing what Jesus calls us to do is difficult. It's uncomfortable. It takes us out of our comfort zones. <clears throat> but it does not mean that we're not supposed to do it. And so <clears throat> if you love Jesus, there's going to be a desire in your life to serve him. Another thing you need to realize is that hell is prepared for the devil and his demons. It was not prepared for people, but it was prepared for the devil and his demons. The only reason that people will go to hell is because they reject Christ and the teachings of Christ and God's word. When you reject Christ, whether you understand it or not, you are choosing to couple yourself with Satan. There is no in-between. There's no middle ground. There's not like, well, you know, I may not have lived for Christ, but I'm a good person. There is none of that. Either you belong to Christ or you belong to Satan. And if you choose not belong to belonging to Christ, you are inevitably choosing to belong to Satan, whether you understand that or not. I hope after today you understand that. And if you don't belong to Jesus Christ, there's only one place for you to go, and that's where Satan and his demons are going. Because if Jesus Christ 
blood does not cover you and there is no forgiveness of sin and then there is no fruit of the love of Christ being present in your life then you have chosen to pair yourself with Satan <clears throat> if you pair yourself with Jesus Christ you get to go to heaven for all eternity with Jesus if you reject Jesus then you choose to pair yourself with Satan and Satan's going to hell and if you pair yourself with him that's where you go for all of eternity <clears throat> they will go to eternal punishment because that's where Satan is going. Even though it wasn't meant for them, that's still where they are going to go. And it really stinks because <clears throat> if you spend your days walking with Satan on earth, that's who you're going to be with for eternity. If you spend your days walking with God on earth, then you'll spend eternity with God. And, and that's just the choice that we make. And, and that's what we have to understand. So... As we close out today, I just want to share that with you. I want to <clears throat> remind you guys that there's one of two places. And we need to make really sure that our faith is completely in Jesus Christ. That we are trusting in Him with our whole hearts. And that we are doing our very best to love Him and to show other people the love of Christ because that is going to be what gets us in eternity is living for Jesus Christ and having the fruit in our lives that proves that we belong to him that we've been covered by his blood forgiven of our sin and that we truly love Jesus because if we love Jesus we're going to want to serve him and we're going to want to love other people the evidence will be there all right let's pray together and I'll let you go Father in heaven, thank you so much for this beautiful day. <clears throat> thank you for the opportunity to read your word and to seek your face and, Lord, to just grow in our personal relationship with you. God, I pray today that you would help us all to have faith in you, Lord, and to grow in that faith. Lord, not to just be satisfied with where we are or not to just be okay with, <clears throat> you know, wanting to believe in you, but just not having the desire in our life to really do it or live it out. But God... Help us to love you enough and to desire you enough <clears throat> to pray and ask you to give us the desire to love you with all of our hearts and to love other people in the same way. To, to give everything that we have to you and your kingdom and your service. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for everything. We ask this in your name. Amen. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in again. We love you. We're praying for you. Hope to see you on campus this weekend. If you cannot make it, don't forget about our services on Facebook, YouTube, and the podcast uh, of our sermon that will be posted later on that afternoon. We love you guys. Praying for you. Hope you have a great week.